I do not play this song lightly, okay? I don't just jerk around and play the Yanni Devil's Intro song because I'm, uh, I had a good day. Kyle, would I do that? No, we never use this song lately. When you hear this song, you know that it means business. I wish I looked like Yanni. You should see the album artwork for this. Anyway, welcome to the Trap Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Botch. We have the big tickle in the building as well. We just witnessed Devil's History, people. Devil's History. Uncle Luke, little baby Luke, coming onto the scene in just his second game. You are not going to get this often. I hope you guys are appreciating this. Holy moly. What is going on, Devil fans? This this season, I can't believe the season's over. I can't believe the season's over. What the hell are we going to do? Oh, that's right. We're going to go to the playoffs, and we're going to kick the shit out of the Rangers. That's what we're going to do. But, man, tonight... I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> Luke Hughes... Finally, Luke Hughes gets on the ice. He's playing with the Devils. He premieres on Tuesday night at home. It was the Devils. Um, it was the Devils at home season finale, and they they do a fan appreciation night. And man, this has been this has been like the kind of season that hockey fans dream of. You know. We, my brother and I and my father, we have watched a lot of good Devils teams over the years. Most of them when we were children. And there comes this like sense of entitlement when you have a really good team. I'm sure if you were a Patriots fan or, you know, I don't know, a Yankees fan back in the 90s, where you expect your team to be good every year. And... The difference between this year, what makes this year really maybe the most enjoyable year of hockey I've ever watched was that we were hopeful that the Devils were going to be fighting for a wild card spot down the stretch. Well, it's game 82, and we were fighting to win the Metropolitan Division. We were fighting for third place in the NHL. We were fighting for the most amount of wins ever in the organization's history. The most amount of points in the organization's history. You know, Tuesday night, we were hoping that Jack Hughes would break the all-time record for points scored by a player in a season for the Devils. You had Dougie Hamilton, who was trying to catch Scott Stevens as the most you know, the best point production season from a devil's defenseman ever. This has been, this has been an incredible year. This is one of the most fun seasons of hockey I've ever seen. And I know that the real season starts now, the playoffs start now, but I just want everybody to realize that it's, it's going to be hard to recreate this kind of, happiness and surprise like we were caught we were so caught off guard by how good they really are to see like career years from Dougie who played all 82 games after a real disappointing season last year where he broke his jaw and he broke his foot and he was kind of underwhelming a Jack Hughes who when he jumped into the league he was literally the worst ranked number one overall pick in like the past like 20 years and now he's a full-blown superstar i'm talking heart trophy candidate superstar who's going who's he's going to be 22 this kid is going to be breaking record after record after record this 97 point 
New Jersey Devils franchise record is going to be beat again by him. Over and over, I'm assuming. The Devils go out and make a move and they get Timo Meyer, who is going to be the power forward for the future of the Devils. Nico Heischer, 30-plus goal scorer, going to be a Selkie candidate. This was a special year. Akira Schmid comes up. Looks like he could be a future franchise goaltender. Vitek Vanacek is acquired in a trade. Comes out of nowhere. The Vitek. The Vitek. It's Vitek. This has been beyond special. And I am so happy. So it was th- this podcast was my dad's idea. He was like, you love talking about the devils. You should start a podcast. I think you would be really good at it. I don't know anything about podcast or I don't know anything about speaking on sports besides shooting shit with my friends and talk about the perfect timing to do something like this. I have had so much fun sharing this special season with all of you. And I go to all the home games and I keep running into more and more fans and more and more people and we're, we're sharing it. And the game on Tuesday night was literally like the pinnacle to me of what devil's hockey is turning into and what the future of devil's hockey looks like on the ice and off the ice. It was fan appreciation night. First of all, welcome the big tickle to the program. Big tickle is dialing in live from Jupiter, Florida. Kyle, how we doing, buddy? I mean, doing pretty good considering what just happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this season has just been a whirlwind. I mean, any thoughts or you want to bring up anything in particular in this season that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, there's quite a lot of things. Um, seeing Seeing Jack, you know, really step into, again, just becoming a superstar. He's just a straight-up superstar. Um, That is really special. Again, Timo, that acquisition was incredible. Um, Seeing... (laughs) Seeing Luke play with his brother, I mean, it's it's kind of just the list goes on, on and on. Um, but this this year has just been, you know, I think we finished uh, last year pretty much our worst record ever in franchise history or close to it, and coming out and beating the franchise record this year. I mean, w- what else is there to say? Yeah, you you could have never have expected it to go this well. And <clears throat> um, we're going to start. I, we didn't do a podcast after Tuesday night, so I'm going to give you a quick rundown as to what went down on Tuesday night at The Rock. Everyone was so excited. Luke Hughes' season had finally ended at Michigan, and obviously he was going to come and join the team. Uh, he went to Boston. That was not the right time to throw him in, so he ends up playing on Tuesday night and everyone was so excited to see Luke Hughes. You should have heard the ovation for him when they announced him and um, he was a starter actually. So he got an insane ovation. He got the, he got the rookie lap around in warmups and everything. But, but prior to that, getting to the rink, it was a really beautiful spring day and it was so awesome to see so many devils fans outside just you know, I tried to I tried to think of really clever adjectives to describe what the scene was like, and I I wasn't doing it any justice. It was just happiness. It was the first time that I've really seen the fan base is just gushing with happiness. Everyone, it's like we have a very living in the New York metro area it's very easy for our fan bases to be very negative. And what have you done for me lately? And um, across all sports, our fan base is so fired up. Just 
the conversations that you hear people having, the conversations you're having with strangers, the intensity, the people are so bought in. Like we know that we're the future of the league and people are, I mean, the amount of new devils fans that have joined the fan base this year has to be through the roof. And it's because it's the first time that the devils have put a good product on the ice in a really long time. I, I don't blame people for if this is how you were introduced to the team. It, it was a really, really enjoyable year. The amount of comebacks that we had and overtime winners and contributions from up and down the lineup, really like everybody contributed. Um, and the, it was a celebration of the fan base, uh, the fan base on on Tuesday night. Um, they did the Dougie Hamilton bobblehead giveaway, which they only give it away to the first nine thousand people, which is so stupid. You just your playoff tickets went on sale literally the day before. Lower levels were five hundred and something dollars a piece, and you're telling me that you can't afford to buy everybody for fan appreciation night a Dougie bobblehead like. Come on, man. Pony up. You just paid $6 billion for the commanders today. You couldn't afford to pay, you know, the other 7,000 people couldn't get Dougie bobbleheads. What it did was it just forced a lot of people to miss the festivities outside order in order to get into the rink early to get their bobblehead. So I thought that was a little cheap. Um, but regardless, people were fired up. People were in the building early. The fan base was going nuts. There was a freaking mosh pit inside the Prudential Center. People were, you know, uh, moshing and slam dancing and going nuts. I mean, our fan base is fired up, dude. Like, it's been a good time. And you went to the game the other night when they put it on Columbus, like, what, 8-1, to one, I guess it was? It's like, yeah. are you, yep. do you see the difference in our fan base now compared to what it was, you know, a year ago, two years ago? I mean, this place would be half empty no, totally. I mean, again, uh, I, I'm primarily just seeing most of this stuff on Twitter because I'm, I am I live in Florida. I get to as many games in Jersey as I possibly can. Um, but seeing everyone kind of doing that mosh pit and just – we, you know, in 2018, we had the Taylor Hall season, and it was exciting. And I went to games in Tampa – with you know dad and mom and my wife and everything but this is just different because we are just foundationally built differently than you know we were I, at that it, time i feel like it's sustainable like it wasn't well, sustainable yeah. for right. taylor hall to go out and have an mvp season again and literally drag the team into the playoffs that wasn't sustainable. Like the chances of that happening again were just very slim. We didn't have other pieces surrounding him that were like, you know what? If he scores 10 less goals this year, who's going to make up for that? We didn't have that guy. This year, we are just chalked with talent around the lineup yeah. and then a pipeline filled with prospects that are really high end, two blue chip prospects in Nemitz and Hughes. And when you have blue chip prospects that are being put into a situation where you're going to be able to shelter them. They're going to, you're going to be able to limit their ice time. You're going to be able to help them learn the game the right way. And you're going to put them on a winning team to where they know they see what it takes and they learn what it takes to win. And they're part of a winning culture from such a young age. It just makes them that much better. It's like the Kale McCarr, like if Kale McCarr joined the avalanche four years prior his career might be a lot different and and we have seen it firsthand some very high-end prospects that have been juiced into the devil system and asked to play over their head and it's really ruined them and we're in a situation now to where we're stacked and now we're bringing people in and they're going to be able to learn like with a bunch of extremely talented players around them that could teach them and make up for their mistakes and stuff like that. So everyone was fired up to see Luke Hughes. Like we know what he did in college. We've watched what he did at the world juniors. We know what kind of skater he is. And to me, like that is, that's everything to me. I mean, when it comes to skating, 
especially as a defenseman, um, his skating ability is just off the charts. It just allows you to do so much. It allows you to jump into the play. It allows you to get back and not, you know, have odd man rushes. But his skating is, it's really his edge work. Uh, on top of being extremely fast, his edge work is second to none. And it was the game on Tuesday. They played the Buffalo and obviously Rasmus Dahlin, former number one pick, was out there. He's got the same kind of thing going on. Dahlin, is, his edge work and everything is just phenomenal. His skating ability, his vision, positioning, plays above the puck, the whole nine yards. Like, Dahlin's going to win the Norris Trophy, not this year, but very, very soon. Like, I would consider him the front runner next year going in to win the Norris Trophy. Um, but it was, it, it's just been really something special. And as much as I'm excited to go into the playoffs, which is what we were been playing for all year, there's just a part of me that is a little, you know, it's like a little bittersweet. Like when, are, when else are we going to have, we're going to expect them to be good next year. We're not going to be so caught off guard and so surprised, pleasantly surprised for once, you know, it's always been a letdown and now we're like right. pleasant, pleasantly surprised. And it's like, it just means that much more, you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, the, the game on, the game on Tuesday was really good. The Jack was playing. He needed one point in order. He had 96 points. He was tied with Patrick Eliash for the most ever by a devil's player in a season. And he needed one point and, uh, he got it on an empty net goal at the end. It wasn't your typical empty net goal. He had to actually shoot it through two or three people in order to get it on a really nice hustle play by Jesper Bratt that led to the goal. So shout out to Bratt. He deserves that. That assist he had was, was really big. That was hard work. That was not your typical empty net hustle that you saw from Jesper Bratt on that one. And they had a really nice video tribute for Jack at the end of the game. Um, and it was good to see everyone stuck around for it too. People were not like running to, towards the parking lot. People were hanging around. So that was really cool. On top of that, it was really nice to see Miles Wood play a good game. Miles Wood has obviously, we've dogged Miles Wood pretty much the entire year on here. And he was a guy who, it's been a really rough season. He's coming off of a hip surgery. He missed the entire year last year. He doesn't look like the same player. It was good to see him play good in front of his home fans because this might, you know, this might be the end of Miles Wood in a, in a devil's uniform. So it was good to see him play well. And he actually played really well tonight too. So little tip of the cap to him. What'd you think? Of, what'd you think of miles woods performance over the past two games, Kyle? Yeah. Again, uh, you know, anyone who's listened to the podcast that, you know, we haven't been the most vocal, uh, you know, advocates for, for wood. Um, but again, he, you know, he, I thought it, that he played, two really good games. He, he drew the penalty. Um, he could have in the Buffalo game, he could have drawn another penalty as well. Um, and then, you know, he scores a couple goals. It's like, that's good for him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. It's like, I don't want to see any devil play bad. It's like, I don't want to hate on any devil. It's like, I feel like wood is just kind of the punching bag for, for us. And, you know, along with Blackwood. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, ha- yeah. I'm happy to see him play well. Yeah. And I mean, and if he, and it's like, they're not taking him out of the lineup. So if he can play well going into the playoffs and he can kind of, you know, <clears throat> bring back a little bit of his former past and like be productive on a fourth line and get pucks deep and four check well, and, you know, be hard on pucks. Great. That's that's good news for us, you know what I mean? So I was really happy with the way that Miles Wood played. Shout out to him because I've given him a lot of shit recently. Um, there was a play at one point. I think Siegenthaler has played very well the last two games. There was a play at one point in the game on Tuesday where somebody dumped the puck in and they kind of came together and the guy ripped his helmet off. You have to, you're forced to go to the bench if you lose your helmet. But if someone rips your helmet off, it should be a penalty. There's a there's a there's a gap in that in that ruling that I don't think is accounted for correctly because it led directly to a goal and it was basically Siegenthaler's fault because he had to go to the bench in order to 
either get a new helmet or get off the ice. Um, so yeah, I think they, that's they, a stu- I think that's a stupid rule. Right, and they, it, again, it was like pretty much immediately they he he was just going off to the bench, and they wound up you know turning around the play and scoring. It was it just I don't know something just didn't seem right about that. Yeah, so the main attraction for the night, let's be real, it was people wanted to see Hughes break the record. Um, And at that point, we still had a chance to win the Metropolitan Division. So the game was important, Um, but people really wanted to see Luke Hughes. He got the starting nod, and you could tell he was very nervous in the beginning of the game, for sure. Um, He actually fell a couple times, and obviously he's like – the, one of the cleanest skaters that you're going to find. You could tell it was, it was nerves. It was, it was definitely nerves. He got caught leaning and he caught, he got caught reaching a little bit and he would end up leaning towards the outside and players were cutting towards the middle of the ice. I think it's basically he's dealing with players who are a lot smarter than the players that he's used to playing against. So they can read what he's about to do and then they could try to put him in vulnerable positions. Um, you know, these are all things that you expect when you're talking about a 19-year-old defenseman making his first start. So, I mean, especially Buffalo, who was playing for their lives, they needed to win that game in order to still have a chance of making the playoffs. Um, he did make a really nice play at the blue line where he was able to keep the puck in, kind of danced along the blue line and kept the play alive, got the puck deep, and it actually almost led to a Heischer goal. It would have been his first assist, but it didn't happen. He also um, he they they tried to get the puck deep on him and then he and then they tried to like kind of crash hard on him and he was able he's big so he's able to absorb some of those checks and um, he used his body without being knocked off the puck maybe like a guy like Quinn who relies strictly on his speed and his smarts would have had a little bit more difficult of a problem trying to move that puck from behind the net. And Hughes was able, uh, Luke was able to absorb like a check, chip the puck away, and then use his speed to go get it and then make a play out of the defensive zone. I thought it was a pretty heady play. And um, that's another thing that you think Nemitz should be able to do very similar things because he's 6'1", 6 foot, 200 and something pounds. They're not really, you know, they're kind of filled out already, even as young kids, which makes a big difference. You see like, Jack Hughes, you know, for instance, he is scared of getting hit. He's scared of getting hit because he's so undersized. Today, he, like, threw the puck into the middle of the ice to turn directly into a goal. He's done it quite a bit. Um, and it's because he he's scared of the physicality because he's not really built for it. So um, the size on Luke Hughes enables him to do things that other players typically aren't able to do when they're 19 years old because they're not really filled out. So... I was. It was really encouraging to see the way that he moved. You could tell as the game went on, the first half of the game compared to the second half of the game, he looked like he was definitely getting more comfortable. And we'll talk about what happened tonight, but you can tell he's looks like it's not taking him very long to settle in. One of the guys who I was extremely excited about, he looks like it gives me great pleasure and great confidence going to the playoffs is Vitek Benacek. We were worried about Vitek Benacek, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? He did not look like his former self. He had played the most amount of games he's played in a season. He looked like he was worn out a little bit. He was letting up some soft goals. He was kind of coming back down to reality. His last couple starts, he's looked great. He looked awesome on Tuesday night. If we can get Benacek playing like that, he's going to lead us in the playoffs. I think the Devils have a really good chance of upsetting the Rangers or not even upsetting him, but beating the Rangers and advancing to the second round if we can get the kind of goaltending that we saw out of Vanacek on his, in his last couple starts. He looks like the Vanacek from the beginning of the season that the fan base fell in love with. What are your thoughts on Vitek Vanacek, and what have you seen from him lately? I mean, are you, are you picking up what I'm putting down over here? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean... Vitek's great. Um, I do kind of want to track back a little bit and talk about Luke. It seemed like he did settle into himself um, 
for the last half of the game tonight and he looked pretty comfortable and it's not just because you know he had an assist and he had a goal and all of that he he looked legitimate to me and that was that was pretty awesome um on top of that uh Schmied looked it's like night and day well we'll, we'll to... get into that we'll get into that right. okay okay all right well um, that's that's a whole di- that's a whole different thing um but yeah i mean vtech's going to be the one that leads us out there obviously right so it's like he's going to be the start he's going to start in in the playoffs his game it looks good it looks like he was he made some really difficult saves puck control was really good on rebounds and he made some big saves from shots that were like right in between the hash marks that are very difficult. He fought some off with his shoulder. I was really impressed with Benichek's game. I think if Shesterkin's not a hundred percent on, I think the two of them could battle it out. We have a better offense than them. I mean, I, I like our chances against the Rangers. Yeah, I mean we've we've seen that throughout the season that we match up very well against them. Um, I'm, again, I, I was a little bit more concerned. Again, uh, if anybody listened to the last podcast, I was saying that I wanted to play the Panthers selfishly because um, I live in Florida and <laughs> wanted to see as many games as possible. Uh, but. I think that again. I think that we match up really well against the Rangers, and you know, yeah, I would have liked to have come down to Miami to party with you guys too. Yeah, but no, we we can't play all the, we can't play all the games. We don't we don't get to play. You know, Florida Florida didn't do us any any help tonight. So, um, so. Yeah, there was uh the you know, Eric Halla has missed uh you know, the, he missed Tuesday night and then he missed the the game previous before that and it's you really you really realize how much the team misses Eric Halla and Eric Halla and Thomas Tatar are two guys that have been unsung heroes on the team. Halla people wanted to send him to the sun. That was a uh, I saw a lot of that going on. It's like the guy doesn't need to die because he didn't finish on some chances from Jack Hughes. You know what I mean? Like, I think we were a little hard on him. He did miss a ton of opportunities. He was snake bit for way too long. But Jack Hughes was the most productive when Eric Halla was playing on the line with him. And if you were to ask Jack Hughes who he likes playing with, I'm sure Eric Halla would be a guy that he brings up. Now, they moved Meyer down, and it was Meyer, Halla, and Bocus for a while, and that line was really good. Paula took a couple maintenance days, missed two games, and you could tell the team really missed him. That line did not look the same, and there was a little bit of a gap in our bottom six. Um, and really, our third line really wasn't a, a bottom six. It was more like a it was more like a, a two B line because um, you have a guy like Meyer on there, and you had Halla playing pretty good, but. He came back tonight, and I thought he looked great. That was a wicked slap shot that he had. Um, and I know, Kyle, me and you have talked about Hall a lot, and we've appreciated him despite not being able to finish early in the season. We knew that he was going to get hot going into the playoffs, and you could tell it's clicking right now for him. I hope that his injury is not too bad, and I hope he's able to play all the games in the playoffs, which it looks like he'll be able to. But give me your thoughts on Eric Hall. And maybe let's throw in at this point – Thomas Tatar, who he really coming into the year, we were worried that Thomas Tatar possibly was going to get waived because Fabian Zeilin was going to make the team. People thought that Holtz was going to be a staple. And Thomas Tatar came off of a really, he struggled big time last year. And um, one of my bold predictions at the beginning of the year was that Tatar was going to have 20 goals. Tatar looks amazing. He's playing on the first line. He's got like what twenty on the year or twenty one on the year. He's been really, really good, and he's just been a leader 
And you have to assume if he's a leader on the ice, he's also a leader off the ice when it comes to such a young team. Tatar and Halla can't say enough about them, what they've done, especially down the stretch here. What are your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, I mean, Halla had so many opportunities in the beginning of the season that he wasn't able to capitalize on. But you just see him kind of stepping into himself and becoming the, you know, that's why they brought him in. That's why they brought Pallad in. That's why they, you know, uh, bring these veteran guys in to, it's, it's like you just see them just getting hot. Again, we have to get Pallad moving uh on the scoreboard and i do think that he's going to be able to do that um but tatar and and hala are just you know again it's like they're they're already in playoff hockey totally yeah they're in playoff mode for sure um you know one of the guys that came back for tonight's game was curtis lazar got into a fight tried to play with someone else's stick at one point he was he was involved in uh (laughs) <laughs> like, quite a I like bit. That, I like that one. <laughs> hey, I mean, I mean, I guess you're not allowed to do that. Um, but it just seems natural if there's a stick on the ground and you don't have a stick to pick it up and try to play with it. I mean, that doesn't seem like the craziest idea in the world. Um, but yeah, Curtis Azar came in and played. Mike McLeod is still um, not playing after the hit from Brad Marchand you would like to see that fourth line get back together. Um, I think, you know, McLeod is so big in the face-off circle. They're going to miss him in the playoffs if he's, if he's missing some games. Um, I would like to see him get back. But uh, Lazar, you, you had to get a, you have to get some more looks at him. He definitely plays a physical game. It's very simple. It's a meat and potatoes kind of game. He gets pucks deep. He, he's physical. Um, Nate Bastion is actually... Nate Bastion's awesome. He didn't have the greatest game tonight, but just game in and game out. I mean, he's always involved. Like he has high high danger scoring chances. He'll do whatever you want him to do. He's, he's smarter than I, people don't give him enough credit for his hockey sense. I don't think. And he actually has some hands. Like he's a big guy. You automatically assume that he's going to just going to be this like superpower forward that all he does is throw his body around and he has no skill. And I just don't find that to be true at all. I've watched the guy long enough at this point to where he makes a difference when he's on the ice and the team is better when he's on the ice. Clearly, if you look at their stats, so, um, shout out to nasty Nate. Yeah. Um, I mean, wasn't he, wasn't he on like the power play one at one point during the season? Yeah. He was in front of, he was in front of the net. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what that says though, because like Wood was on power play too, like last week. Right, right. So yeah, I mean, right. You know. I'm saying, but, but before his injury, you know, it, it he is he, he's a he's a big physical guy, but he like you said, he really is also very skilled, very skilled, uh, or at least at least uh, it, he's skilled for skilled a fourth line player that he, he gets credit for. Yeah, he is. For a fourth-line player, he's definitely – he is. Um, So tonight we were playing – we needed Florida to uh, to win. They were playing Carolina, Carolina to lose, and then if we were able to beat Washington, we would win the Metro, and then we would play Florida in the first round. If we were to lose or if Carolina was to win, then we would play the Rangers at home in the first round. So we were down – early four to one at one point Mackenzie Blackwood led up four goals on what nine shots yeah nine you can't keep doing this like dude what are we doing and I I I posted jokingly on on Twitter and I said you know they pulled Blackwood and Schmid skated onto the ice and it was like I, I said, it feels like some. I'm taking, when Schmidt comes on the ice, it's like taking a Xanax during a panic attack. It's like Schmidt is so in control and never looks like he's scrambling. He plays the game the right way. You know, one of the things that is just kept caught me off guard was 
Blackwood played really good in the in the Boston game. He let up two very early goals that we were never able to come back from. The second one being an awful goal. He was caught so far out of position. And one of the things that I noticed was he was playing so aggressive where he was coming like way out of his crease and cutting down angles, which you love to see. Like that means that your goalie's confident. The problem was he was coming out and getting caught way out of position and then like scrambling to get back into the net over and over. And I found him doing the same thing tonight. Typically when goalies are unsure of themselves or they're not playing well, they end up like sunken into their crease and into their net. I don't know what the hell is going on with Blackwood anymore. Like I can't, is he overconfident at this point? Because he's not playing the way that I've watched him play for a long time when he was struggling or even when he was really good, he'd never played this aggressive. And now he's, it's very uncharacteristic for him. And he's just like living up to my, the way that I think about him where he's like, I never know what to think. The guy's like a complete enigma I have no idea what he's going to do when he's on the ice. Do you think that do you think that Blackwood is going to be our backup goalie? No, I don't. No, I, I I think I, I, no, I would, no, I th- I would I, love that. I would love that. Yeah, I think I think it's too far gone. I mean, it's just time and time again um I think tonight really just solidified Schmid as that's who the team wants to play in front of. And that's, he's, he's just the better option straight up. I don't think that there's any, there's no debate. Yeah. There's no debate. There's no debate about it at this point. He is a better goalie than Mackenzie Blackwood. Blackwood is hated by our fan base at this point. Hated. He is, and it's not like we're just jumping on the bandwagon to rag on Blackwood. He's just, I'm saying Schmidt is just the better option. It doesn't, again, it doesn't seem like there's really any debate about that. Yeah, and I I mean, I couldn't agree more. You know who looked really good was uh, Devin Levy or Devon Levy? Levi? Yes. Yep, yep. Man, he looks sick. Sabres got themselves a goalie. He's going to be good for a long time, man. Sabres are stacked. Sabres are going to be good. There's going to be some good playoff matchups in the future between the Devils and the Sabres. I could see that coming a mile away. Um, Hopefully, they maybe we'll see them break the uh, longest playoff game ever. Uh, I guess we had the thir- third longest playoff. Third playoff longest game playoff game. game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Brodor Hashik. Uh, yeah. Yeah, in in Buffalo. Um, But this, so the story of tonight, I mean, was the comeback. Obviously, Hall scores, Dougie scores, but they throw Luke. Luke Hughes just started looking more and more and more comfortable. And he started skating with the puck on his stick and he started using his edges and he wasn't just trying to make the safe play and you just saw the game start slowing down for him right in front of your face. And you're thinking to yourself, Holy shit. Like this kid is getting really comfortable really quick. They felt so comfortable that they throw him out there on three on three. And what was the time left on that goal? Let me see. It was it was about to end. Let's yeah, see. yeah, it was. So yeah, he had 27 seconds left. He skates the puck in. He actually gave the puck up to Ovechkin, of all people, and made a nice recovery on it. Um, he, he got on him and, quick. And, and that's exactly. It. And then, like, really stepped up on him again, like, kind of. He was aggressive. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, marking his territory. Well, he 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 went like full instinctual at that point to where you gave it up to it doesn't matter that it was Ovechkin, it was oh my god, like this guy can't score right now and he like went after him and made sure that he didn't cost the team the game. Um and then he ends up getting the puck and he kinda 
he doesn't go end to end, but he skates the puck through the neutral zone. Obviously, three on three, there's a ton of ice. I, I texted you and I said, Luke Hughes is a very good option in a situation like this because obviously he's a very fast skater and he's great at handling the puck. This would be an this would be an opportunity to throw him out there despite it being, you know, a really important moment in the right. game. Right. And I thought the first one went in and it didn't. I said, Oh shit. And then he made a wrap and he scores on a wraparound goal. And you could just see the excitement from him and the entire team and to break the the all-time points record and wins record and for him to just really like get embraced by the whole team. And it was just such a special moment. Like this is what I watch sports for. That was, you know, that was, yeah, that was, if you're a devil's fan, that was absolutely magical. And we were, we were texting each other in, in our group chat. It's like, can we fit him in in the playoffs? You know, does does he play in the playoffs? What do you think? Are you asking me now? I'm asking you now. Yeah. You know, I I don't see where you who are you going to play him over? Ball? I don't know. Ball I has played really good. Yeah. Like, but Ball so has like, played really good. That I think that's the, that would be the the only option if you wanted to run them half and half. So like the way I look at it is the Rangers actually match up best out of anybody for Luke Hughes to play against because they don't play good in the middle of the ice. Right. Right. They're they, just, they don't play good in centralized opportunities. Right. Yeah. With that said, if he turns the puck over, they're going to bury it. Um, I actually think that Hughes would be okay versus the Rangers. If we were playing like the Islanders or even the Panthers, I would not feel as comfortable with him. The only problem is like ball has played so well. And like, you have to remember he ball was playing literally with Dougie Hamilton to, to learn like how, Dougie Hamilton and someone of his caliber plays the game and where to be in position and what kind of moves he's going to make and like what Hamilton's going to do next so that you can allow him to be aggressive and offensive. It's like, that's pretty, that's a pretty sweet nod to to Kevin ball for being able to step in and play on a first pair defenseman. Like, you know, as a first pair defenseman like that, because that's a, that's a, a hefty role, dude. Yeah, I, and I don't I know don't if you take him out because Luke Hughes had a had a good game. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that they're going to obviously. Um, but it was like well, maybe. <laughs> I thought that uh, again. I thought that you know the Buffalo game. He seemed like he was very just tentative, and he was. Getting getting himself adjusted, as you saw as the game went on tonight, it just and again it wasn't because he had a goal, it wasn't because he had an assist or anything like that. It was like he just, you know, he he did step up in into the play and wound up getting uh, caught too far in the offen- offensive zone, and you know it kind of backfired on him. But he really did seem like he's, I don't know, just kind of settled into himself. Did you not? He went, he went from, he went from literally Tuesday, they gave him 11 minutes of ice time and he was playing college hockey a week ago. They gave him 11 minutes of ice time and like tried to protect the shit out of him by making him a seventh defenseman into the second most minutes on the team tonight. Right. Yeah. I, again, I I did think he looked. I can't hear you, dude. Can you hear me? Yeah. Second, second half of the game, I thought he looked damn good. Oh, he looked great. And I, I, I kind of feel like it was the same thing the other night to where 
he looked very, you know, he was nervous straight up. Like, yeah, and then yeah. it just took him right a little time to, he had to get, he had to get used to the game, but man, he is going to be sick. I can't, I can't believe that we have him like just waiting in the wings. He's going to be fun. And you know what? And like the playoffs are a very, very long road and there's going to be injuries and you're going to miss players and not for nothing. It's like, it's good to have him just sitting there in the wings in yep. case something yeah. happens to where you could, you could yeah. bring him up. You know what I mean? And you have to feel a little more comfortable about letting Severson walk in the off season, knowing that you have a puck mover like him and a skater like him and a guy that could potentially be the quarterback on your second power play next season as well, even though he's only 19 years old. Yeah. He's, he he's, made a, really, he's a young one. He made a really good stretch pass. Um, which didn't wind up working out, but it was like you you saw that it's like he has that vision. That's yeah. you know, that's what see again Severson. It's like his stretch pass is one of his biggest attributes in my mind. I mean, he. Oh yeah, he's got a really nice stretch pass for sure. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, hey, but, I'm gonna bring this up real quick. Sure. Devils goalie stats. Mackenzie Blackwood expected goals against tonight. 1.12 actual goals against four. Akira Schmid expected goals against tonight. 1.96 actual goals, zero. Goal saved above expected, minus 2.89 for Mackenzie Blackwood. It's it's not a question. It really isn't. I'm saying just the eye test. It doesn't seem like it would be a question. But I'm still, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what Lindy's going to do. do you, okay, here. Do you feel, do you, do you feel confident? I, I, in yeah, that? yeah. I think, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's over, dude. I think, I don't think I we're ever so. going to see Mackenzie Blackwood so. in. I don't think. I think tonight was the last time you'll ever see Mackenzie Blackwood in a Devils uniform. I, that would be okay with me, and God bless him. Good luck to him. And good riddance, and all of that. Yeah, no, that's it's like I, no ill will or anything, but I just think Akira Schmid is just good riddance. You know what I say to him? I say, Why don't you get a Mercedes Benz to be a real man? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Uh, Yo, so right here, they're doing these end, end of the season awards um, that people are posting on Twitter. So, who do you have as the MVP? Of the season before the Devils, yeah. <sighs> um, geez, okay, I'll go first. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Jack Hughes, yeah, no, I mean, that's kind of the obvious, just. But- all right, well, just say the answer, dude. Who do you I don't have? Know. The, who does Nico. the most value? Val- I, I'm saying I think Nico has. I think Nico is our team, our heart. Who's the MVP, and dude? Who is the MVP? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go with Nico. Okay, breakout player of the season for the Devils. The breakout player. Hmm. I mean, Jack. I'm going to go Dougie Hamilton only because I have the MVP is Jack already. Okay. Most improved player on the Devils. Hmm. Tatar. Tatar. Got the same thing. And then... Uh, most disappointing player on the Devils? Wood. <laughs> it's either Wood or Sharon Govich. Yeah, I know. It's can, It has like, to be Wood. Again, again the, the 2018 season, it's like we were talking about Brent Sini, and it's like we actually have a full stacked lineup for 
the first time yeah. in what i don't know 15 years it's pretty oh it's been forever okay here ready last question player to watch out for in 23 24. All right, we're going to knock Timo off of it. We're going to knock Jack off of it. We're going to knock Nico off of it. Yeah, those guys don't count. Who's going to who's going to, you know, could impress next year? Akira Schmid. I truly truly think that I mean, I just think that he plays such a well-rounded conservative smart yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, I he's going to be foundational. I think. I'm going Alex Holtz. What, what, oh my god, I would love for him to. I'm going to Alex Holtz. Excel. That would be awesome. You, for, yeah, I think you forget about these guys. Yeah, I think Holtz is gonna is gonna come back. Man. What what a season. And now I wish the NHL would announce the goddamn schedule. This is ridiculous. It's like the games start on Monday. So depending on whether the games start Monday or they play on Tuesday, are you flying up, Tickle? I don't know. It depends what day <laughs> right. they play. So please don't sell your tickets to Rangers fans. Come on. Please don't sell your tickets to Rangers fans. So the 2022-23 Devil season is officially over. On paper, the best season in the history of the New Jersey Devils franchise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> what a year. This is crazy. I can't wait to kick the Rangers' ass in the playoffs. From the trap. From the big tickle. And Billy Botch. New Jersey Devils. The trap. Let's go, Devils. Let's go, Devils. Oh,